Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of We Got Next here on MMAfighting.com, on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network, and wherever you find your favorite podcast. We appreciate it very much. I am Mike Heck. Hope you're having a wonderful week. A lot going on, of course, in the world of mixed martial arts. And this show covers the up-and-comers, fighters trying to make a name for themselves, fighters trying to take the next step in their careers. And I feel like this particular episode encompasses all of that, right? Because not only is this the most loaded show we've had in terms of number of guests, but I think the theme of the program meshes in very well with the guests that we have. So we're coming off of UFC 271. Pretty good event this past Saturday in Houston, Texas. The crowd was on fire. Israel Adesanya successfully defended his middleweight title against Robert Whitaker. Very competitive fight, in my opinion. Big win for Jared Cannonier. Huge win for Tai Tuivasa. We will talk a little bit more about UFC 271 and one of the big winners from that event will join us on the program this week. Of course, a lot going on in combat sports this Saturday. It's triple header, if you will. We got BKFC Knucklemania 2 going down. Mike Perry versus Julian Lane in the main event. Britton Hart versus Christine Faria. That one's going down. For the, I think that the, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the inaugural women's flyweight title. Chad Mendez is going to make his BKFC debut, so a lot to be excited about there. Bellator is back with a card headlined by Neiman Gracie versus Logan Storley. That should be fun. And then the UFC is back as well on Saturday. UFC Vegas 48. That one headlined by Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill because we were supposed to get Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Faziv. That fight is now a five-round co-main event of UFC 272 
going down next month, the event headlined by Colby Covington versus Jorge Mazadal. So we get a main event, five rounds, non-title, and we have a co-main event, five rounds, non-title, and I dig it. I, I dig it quite a bit. So a lot to look forward to if you are a combat sports fan. And I am looking forward to this episode of the show. So let us run down the lineup. We'll get to our first guest. And then you're not going to hear me talk without actually asking questions to a fighter for the rest of this file, for the rest of the show. So we're going we're gonna to wrap things up, excuse me, with Ronnie Lawrence. What a win. He improved to 2-0 and inside the octagon. What a crazy fight. UFC 240, not 247, that's Houston too, but UFC 271, which is also Houston this past Saturday. Ronnie Lawrence defeated Mana Martinez via unanimous decision. It was the Ronnie Lawrence show for the first 10 or so minutes of the fight. Third round, Mana Martinez turned things around, almost pulled off an incredible comeback. That was kind of the theme of the night. And Ronnie Lawrence hung on, gets the win. He was dealing with... Some health issues in the build-up to the fight, staph infection, some problems with the rehydration process. So we'll talk about all of that when he wants to come back and much more on the show. Jay Perrin will join us. He has been on the show before. In fact, I believe he's the very first fighter to appear on an episode of the show as a regional fighter and a regional champion who came back on the show not long later, a couple months or so. And talking about his UFC debut, Jay Perrin coming in on short notice. We found out on Monday that Perrin's going to be stepping in for Khalid Taha, who was forced out of UFC Vegas 48 for undisclosed reasons. Jay Perrin, a former Cage Titans and CES Bantamweight champion, gets the call. One of New England MMA's best fighters pound for pound. Especially right now, he's made a lot of change in his life out in Las Vegas, training at Syndicate MMA. He gets the opportunity to step in against Mario Batista, so we'll discuss that and and so much more. And I was also curious, because we had Joe Panafiel on the show last week, and I was curious as to why his recent win for Cage Titans was for a vacant was for the vacant Bantamweight title. We'll get Jay Perrin's side of that as well, and uh, I don't know. You can uh, <laughs> kind of make your judgments on on all of that. We will talk to Josh Friend, the newest member of the UFC roster who earned a contract on Dana White's looking for a fight at FAC 12 earlier this month. Got a submission win in the second round, got himself a UFC contract, and he's looking to get back in there and make his UFC debut relatively quickly. So we'll talk to Josh about that. We'll talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. He's a big football fan. Really enjoyed that conversation. Another fighter from that card who got a UFC contract, Isaac Dolgarian. I mean, the rise of this individual is just incredible. 5-0 and as a pro. All of these fights took place within an 11-month span, and he's now a UFC fighter. Incredible performance in the main event of FAC 12. First-round TKO took him a little over a minute to do it, and he had a follow-up. That crazy knockout by Eduardo Dantas that happened the fight before that, which is absolutely ridiculous. And dealing with all that pressure, trying to perform in front of Dana White and the Nelk boys and Matt Sarah and Dean Thomas and all that stuff, to go out there and have the performance he had, pretty impressive. At a young age, a guy so, so new to the sport, it's pretty fascinating. So we'll talk about his career and while Josh Fremd wanted to get in there ASAP, Isaac is looking at things from a little bit of a different perspective, perhaps maybe a drop to 135 from 
145. Very interesting guy. You'll hear that conversation coming up in around 20 minutes or so. But first, we're going to kick things off with one of the best fighters in the world that especially fans here in the United States and North America may not be familiar with, but this guy is just incredible. And there's an, there's a chance that maybe those American fans, maybe those North American fans will get to see him and access his fights a little more easily. His name is Roberto Soldik. He is the KSW welterweight champion. He is the KSW middleweight champion and he is at a very interesting crossroads in his career at 27 years old because this guy is unbelievable. You ask any hardcore fan about Roberto Soldik, they will all say the same thing. You ask, I, I talked to Gegar Mousasi, who is going to be on the show next week. He sang his praises. A lot of people talking about this guy. And I'm not going to give away too much of this interview, but there's a lot going on, and it's something that could be solved as early as this Sunday. So... We'll see where his future lies. Will he stay in KSW? Will he do what a lot of global fans want to see and fight in the UFC? Will he fight for the PFL? Will he fight for Bellator? Will he fight for one championship? We'll see, and we'll get his perspective on everything coming up next to kick us off on We Got Next. Thanks for listening, everybody. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. All right, let us say hello to the reigning KSW welterweight champion and... KSW middleweight champion, Roberto Soldig. We last saw him compete in December at KSW 65 to capture his second title, the 185-pound strap. Brutal second-round KO of promotional legend Mohamed Khaledov. Roberto, good to see you, man. I'm glad we caught you on a, on a day off from training. How are you? Hello, hello. Glad to see you. I'm fine. I'm fine. And you good? I'm great, man. And thank you for asking because I don't get that very often. But uh what did that moment mean to you, capturing that second title, doing it the way that you did against a legend like that? What did that moment mean to you? I made history for, for, my, uh, for my city. In Bosnia also, for Croatian people. And uh, for, me, for me, I reached some, some, uh, some goal, you know, but I, I, keep, I keep going, I keep forward. It's, it's just, I just start. I'm feeling like I just start and I'm hungry. And uh, Mohamed is very, very dangerous opponent. We took him very serious. I was really, really ready for everything. And yeah, I won the, the fight, very important fight. I won now. I'm double champion KSW. And uh, yeah, it's mean a lot, but I just keep going. I'm very hungry for more. 
and uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think to to stop. Yeah, it, it, that's a really good point that you make because a lot of fighters, when they accomplish what you accomplish, they might sort of rest on their laurels and be like, "I did it! Like I've hit the top of the mountain." But for you, this is just a, a step along the way, so to speak. That, that's that's true. Yeah, just just I, I, it's he was on my way. I took the belt. I keep going, and that's it. I uh, yeah. How to say? I I wanna stay the humble. I don't wanna I don't wanna do some some crazy things. You know, or go outside and and I just focus on my training and uh, I, I I know that I can more. You know, so yeah. The knockout went viral, Roberto. I'm sure you jumped on social media and saw that thing everywhere. It was such a crazy moment. It was a big fight and. And he was down. He was badly hurt for a while. And while it's great to get a win and get a big finish and have that moment, how tough was that to finish a guy in that manner that you have so much respect for? Was it kind of tough? Did you feel a little bit bad? Yeah, after fight, yeah, a little bit. But in the cage, when the cage closed, when he when he came inside the cage, I lose I lose everything. I see him like opponent and uh, after fight of course i didn't celebrate because i don't know what happening to him and uh, you know i i re- i really respect him and uh, as a, every opponent i don't wanna i wanna hurt but not some crazy things you know like 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 he was that's why i didn't celebrate i don't give to my uh, to my people to my corner, I say stop. After when he, when he stand up, we can celebrate. But and uh, yeah, it was uh, he, he attacked me very very uh, how to say very aggressive. He was very aggressive, and uh, you know, in the cage, you cannot be aggressive like like this way. You no, know? he he went to throw the punches with me, and uh, I know that I will catch him and. Uh, I just, I just believe in my hands. I just believe in myself, and uh, the way I punch him, it's, it's not the first time. They know, they know uh, my my left hand, but uh, nobody can protect that. You know, so it's, it's nothing, nothing new for me. I'm not surprised. I keep going. I say that before, and uh, yeah, let's see new challenges and. Uh, I'm very happy that uh, I can still going. You know, it's it's good. It's good to be part of this part of this uh, event. I was very happy because it's a very rare thing that uh, from my country, some someone go in the in the Poland where people all the world around they watch the the main event. You know, like this, and I was happy that I'm part of this event. Yeah, it was a very big deal, Roberto. Yeah, a, lot, yeah. a lot of people were excited for the fight. And I'm sure for you, this was a, a much more relaxing fight week because I'm sure it was a much easier weight cut to get to 185. How, how much did you actually have to cut to get there? I'm sure, I mean, m- much easier than 170, I'm sure. Yeah, I cut like five kilograms. It's nothing. Like, I don't know how much, but 10 pounds like this. Yeah, Probably something 10. like that. Yeah. Was easy when the, I trained really hard and then I stopped the training and the, I I still can drink the water and can still eat and also Thursday 
night I can't sleep and uh, after rain I do I do in the night Friday night I do some pilot session and then I see when I throw the punches it's <laughs> it's crazy I see the, the 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 power is there and everything is there you know so yeah I was really <laughs> it's this this feeling I cannot um, how to say I cannot explain this feeling if if you if the the fighters will understand you know so I I will I feel really strong and then uh, Saturday in the morning I had also good breakfast you know for me food is everything I just think about food what we can eat what today yeah it's really easy middleweight is but. We will see in the future. I need to to go to welterweight and uh, maybe title defense. I will see what is next. So again, to be very disciplined, I need to be very disciplined on one seventeen. Yeah, and and I'm glad you brought that up because there's been a a lot of chatter around the interwebs about your future, Roberto. You're you're the champ, champ. You're one of the big stars in in KSW in in that global scene. You're a guy that here, even in America, the hardcore MMA fans are, are very excited about. And you're not a free agent yet, right? Like you, you still have one fight left on your deal. Is that accurate? Yeah, one fight and the uh, experience date is July 17th, something like this. Okay, so if uh, you don't get, so if there's not a fight booked by then, you're a free agent. Yeah, uh, now, now we will know after uh, this this KSW event in uh, next Saturday. Sunday we will have a meeting with. I mean, my manager will have a meeting with uh, uh, Mr. Lewandowski, the the boss of KSW, and uh, we have some uh, packet to offer. How to say? I have some uh, what I want, and he, we will see if they accept this or not so man the people and fans instagram facebook everyone on the street hey when you go you see this many many times and then this make me crazy this every day every day when, when you go ufc what, what hey why you don't go ufc 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 and then this put me in, in my mind that really man i i need to test myself there you know I, it's from the beginning was my dream to go there to to see someone like John Saint Pierre. I train with him and some of the guys. You know, I watched it before in uh, YouTube and the television. And I had uh, I had uh, time that I train with these guys, and uh, it's a really good feeling and uh, also another motivation for me. But KSW pay me really good, and now. I don't know what to do. I'm a little bit confused, but yeah, we will see after Sunday what what they want, what they offer, how much they give, what we will ask, will they give, you know, so, but fans, media, every day, when you go, we'll see, you reach top, top, uh, we we'll see top 10, I say, wait, first <laughs> contract, we will see what they talk take easy you know i don't want to fly <laughs> i kill everybody this this you know i believe in myself and i know what i can do you know and uh yeah it's make me a little bit excited you know i'm really excited about ufc and everything and the media 
and uh, yeah, high high level. This UFC is top legion. For Europe, KSW is really number one. I can for the show, for the media, for the events, for the. Uh, I really famous in Poland and everywhere in Germany. I'm coming Croatia, Bosnia, Serbia, everywhere. So soon we will know where what future brings. At this stage in your career, you're you're 27. You're about to start getting into your athletic prime, and you're in this interesting spot in your career. So I'm curious as you await this decision. And I know contracts and conversations need to happen. What's what do you value the most? What's the most important thing to you for this next move? Is it is it money? Is it competition? Is it building a legacy in front of the most amount of people? Like what's what's the thing you're looking for the most as you get ready to make this decision? Everything, all together. No, as a sport as a sportman. Sportmen like UFC is number one. Other business, you you can see that the MMA against boxers, they had a lot of money also, <laughs> twenty million, thirty million. Also, they they really they really did good job about uh, this fight. You no, know, in KSW, they pay me really good uh, money that I can just relax and. Uh, but it's not only UFC, PFL also offered me a contract, 1FC, everybody, you know, when, you, when you're winning the, the, uh, the uh, way I win, you know, like knockouts, they, they want, everyone wants you. So for me, important is everything, money, you know, it's, yeah. For, for the sport, sport, like sport, UFC is number one for sure. But uh, end of the career, they, they ask you how much you have money. This is also the thing, you know, what you have for this. If I now, uh, UFC champion, I don't have money. I go to restaurant. I cannot pay with my belt uh, what I eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that this also. Now I, I really comfort. And I, I, I put in my mind that I keep going every day to train, you know, hard train. This is really tough, tough sport, but I enjoy every moment in this sport, you know, in the trainings. And uh, yeah, it's all about, it's all about money today, but I, I, I want to, I want to competition with the best guys. And uh, this bring me uh, that this give me motivation to go in the training, you know. Like I know when somebody dangerous, I know somebody front of me is very dangerous. Then I'm very focused, you know. I don't some some guy, ah, this easy guy, you know. I don't have nothing from him. I I want a big names like Mamed Kalido, Michal Matella, Boris Makowski. They are all famous in in, uh, in Poland. And when they bring, I I'm focused, you know. Now, in KSW, I wanna also wanna go for third belt, but now I, I don't have wait wait for this, and uh, this also one one motivation is. But we will see after after Sunday. I cannot wait what they what they what they want for offer, and uh, 
we will see. Oh, you you talked about how fans come up to you all the time and, and say, when are you going to the UFC? When are you going to the UFC? And I'm sure it's been like that for a while, right? This isn't something that's, that's brand new to you. So how would you describe your mentality right now? Are you excited for all this? Because all these offers coming in, all these decisions to weigh it's for, for you, you you're in a pretty good spot. Like you have all these different potential options heading your way, but I think at the same time, and this is just me kind of looking at you and trying to read the situation. You just want you just probably want to get this over with, right? Like, let's just figure out where I'm fighting, who I'm fighting, how this is all going to work, because you probably want to get back in there as soon as possible. But now you get all these decisions to make. Are you just ready to just get this over with and and make that decision? I know you got to wait till Sunday to have that conversation, but are you just ready to just get this weight off of your shoulders and and have your next move in place? Yeah, I'm ready for everything. I open. I, I talk with my manager that he say also same thing. We, we ready for everything. And uh, also I, I a little, I'm a little bit confused, you know, what, what you say before so many offers, so many, I don't know where, which decision this good, maybe this good, the other one, other one, little bit too much, but uh, I, I try to be stay calm. You know? I calm and, Give the time, you know. I cannot, from the in the one night, from one day, I say, okay, I want this. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's a serious, serious job. So, I'm ready for everything and open for everything. It's just, just I want to fight and, yeah, till I'm very healthy and uh, ready and I'm in good shape now and, yeah, every day is. Same day, you know, the training, home, eat, sleep, repeat, you know. So I'm yeah. ready for everything. And uh, I give this job to, to, to my manager. He will fix it. I believe in him. And uh, I know that uh, we we have always good deals and good decisions in the end. Yeah, because like in your sake, it's your job is to be a guy, you, you know, you sit there and you got to be disciplined. You got to eat the right things. You got to train, you got to fight and then rinse, repeat, right? You go back and forth. You don't really prepare yourself for the type of scenario that you're in right now. Like to, to have all these options and to be kind of confused about your future. Like it's, it's good to have good management, right? Uh, to kind of yeah. walk you through the process and make things a little bit easier for you. Right. Yeah. They're like, they're like family. You know, I believe in, uh, I give everything everything like uh, from also from the sponsors when they they give everything to my manager i just train i just calm and uh, i'm focused on my training on my skills to bring some new people to 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 spar with uh, with good guys to travel everywhere you know to to take some some experience and uh, you know so this decision i give to my manager and he of course he always asks me what do you want and uh, you know, so we talk always and uh, in the future will be good decision. And I, I believe this. I don't even know if you can answer this, but I'd kick myself if I didn't ask you this question. Let's just say Sunday happens and you, the offer is what you want. And they put you in a room and they weigh all these options out. You're like this, 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 this. All of these are in play right now. Mm-hmm. What are you picking? What are you picking? Like, if you had to choose right now, where what are you picking? 
I pick this offer what we what we give to KSW for sure. So if KSW accepts the offer that you're given, that's that's where you're going with. Hundred percent, we will stay. Okay. Hundred percent, but PFL also give good offer. So it's really you 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 give me good question though. It's yeah. If KSW accept what we want, for sure, hundred percent, I will stay. Hundred percent. And doesn't matter what happened, who is front of me, this is also another motivation. But we will see. I cannot wait, really. I wanna I wanna know, you know. I don't I just I don't wanna only train, train, train and nothing. I wanna competition. I wanna yeah. fight. I wanna, I wanna stay uh, how to say stay in uh, stay in shape for the fights to feel for to feel this last time. Last 12 months, I had three fights in the in 12 months, 30 months like this. In one year, three fights. It's good. It stay all the time fresh, you know, in the shape. All this media uh, fans, you know. Okay, first fight uh, in November 20, 2020 was uh, in studio. There, there was no fans. But last time I had really big fans and different, different feeling. And... Uh, I don't want to lose these feelings, you know. So I want to stay all the time in the move. And this uh, keep me, like, keep me fresh, healthy. I'm, I'm happy, you know. I need competition. That's why I need as soon as possible to see what, what brings future, which contract, and uh, will they accept this offer or not, what they want. And I feel like you know, the, the fans are going to keep asking you about the UFC. And then if you end up re-signing with KSW, they're going to be like, oh, why didn't you go to the UFC? What they don't understand is 27, you got time. Like you get time. You could sign a new deal with KSW, fight that contract out and still have time to do other things too. So it's not like your career is going to end at KSW. I mean, it could, maybe you end up being happy and they just keep re-signing you and you stay there. But you're 27. You have time to do all these other things. Is that part of your thought process as well? Uh, yes. Some 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 people say this. You are young, but I don't know. I feel uh, I, I'm in good way now because uh, all my experience, all my travelings with and uh, sparring with the fighters and everything. I think the time is now. And uh, Sean Shelby also said to my manager, don't bring him when he to have too much injury, when his body is finished, you know, from the trainings, from the everything. So this also, I know that uh, that that is true. You know, I had broke the, the right hand, still it's metal dream, iron, iron, Ish. you know, but now it's good. We will, I don't know what will happen. 30, 31, as you say, you you have time, you know. So now I feel good. I feel ready, fresh, young, a lot of experience. I'm 20 and three. So I know how to fight in the rounds. I mean, I mean like I, I know the feelings on third round and I feeling who give me pressure and wrestling and jiu-jitsu and punches, you know, so... I think the time is now, but uh, 
still waiting for decision. Yeah. And still. you got to make that money, man. I understand yeah. exactly where you're coming from. Like you said, you can't pay for, for meals with title belts and you're going to just keep accumulating them probably over the years. So how did, like with this decision, I know it's all hypothetical because you don't have a contract or anything. We haven't made this decision yet, but you got guys like Kamaru and many believe that right this second, he's the pound for pound best fighter on the planet right now. Not just the best welterweight in the world, but the best pound for pound fighter on planet earth. And then, you know, the UFC also has guys like Colby and Leon Edwards and Mazadal and even Hamzat Shamayev is on the come up and many feel that he's ready to fight for a title. How do you feel you match up with those guys and, and other guys in this welterweight division? I feel like you're comfortable no matter where you end up, but I think most people will point to those specific fighters when wondering, you know, where you stack up with those guys. I say this before, uh, when they match, match for against Mamed, you know, they, I see uh, when I'm ready and Hildy, uh, every people is from the, the skin and blood, you know. So I know they have also fear. I know they have also uh, the the space where can punch go, you know. So everybody can go down. You know? So I, I believe in this. And uh, not many fighters in MMA, they, they undefeated. Uh, respect to Khabib and John Jones, you know. So... But uh, in this sport is, you know, I believe in myself, I guess, everyone. I know that Gekar Musasi told me 100% you will be AFC champion. He gave me, you know, some some word. But I say, first contract, we will see. You know, he said, you, I see your evolution, you're good, you know. And Gleison Tibau also. He say, I never I never feel some, some power like you and Habib when I fight. It's same, but you are in striking, you know. So everyone is good, everyone is champion, but on the time when they need to show on the lights, they they, they need just uh, you know just be ready, and I'm ready for everyone. I see, it. I'm ready for everyone. I spar also with uh, with Kemi uh, Lee was there also. Every, every guy, no problem. It's all good. So when I'm ready, you know, it's, I, I'm big trouble. I believe in this. I'm big, uh, big trouble when I'm ready. And uh, I mean, uh, when I have good time and of course not, not bad weight cut like before I had, you know, with 22 years old, I, I, I do really big, big mistake. Now I have experience and uh, ready to go with everyone. I, I believe in this. I believe also. In, in myself and uh, in my conditioning. In, it's good to be uh, comfort, you know, it's good to be, how, uh, how to say, like, uh, it's it's good to believe in yourself, but not too much, you know, don't, it's, you know, I, I know my feelings, you know, so those guys respect, I give respect, but we will see decision and uh, I know that I'm ready for everyone in the world. Who is one guy that you feel you have to fight before your career is over? Just, I mean, money aside, just the, the competitive side of Roberto Soldique, who's one guy you just, who's the dream fight for you that you just, you feel like your career is not completely fulfilled until you fight this person. Uh, like everyone, Conor McGregor is the best. <laughs> 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 well, the red panty, the red panty. Night, you want... 
I wanna see this sniper, you know. I wanna I wanna test that I can sleep it, you know. At one said, what he's more of a lightweight though. I mean it would be a huge fight and you'd get a lot of no, money out of was, it. He was also like belterweight. You know, yeah, a couple so. fights. I, I hear yes. you. All right. I mean that that would be a fun one. You and Connor, I mean that'd be a, a striking bonanza right there. I know uh, he he have also now experience from boxing, you know, with the Floyd Flo Mayweather movies. But uh, I know that when I punch, nobody can stay. You know? they, they will. It's better don't don't take punch from me. You know the clean punch. Like I don't know. I, I believe in myself and uh, Connor. Yeah, Connor is dream fight, of course. You know this make yeah. me is is really the guy. He made MMA another level. UFC is bigger because of I not not big like this. I how to say it's like I don't know he he made this sport big. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, you're in a you're in a really interesting spot, my man. And uh, no matter when you fight or who you end up fighting for, there's a lot of fans that are going to be excited to see it, Roberto. And if you don't sign with the UFC, yeah, there's going to be some people who are going to be disappointed. But it is what it is. It is your life. It is your decision, and you can do whatever you want. So don't worry about what anybody else thinks. I appreciate your time. Congratulations but, for all of your success, yeah, my man. Thank you. But sorry, but I want I want to make my fans happy. Because I I do I do this because of my fans, you know. They they buy pay per view. They 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 support me, and then I know everywhere where I go, I will have six country: Poland first, Croatia second, Bosnia third, Serbia, Germany, Austria, and also Croatians in America, in Australia. I know that. That uh, I will, I will sell always good pay per view because they 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 want me, they want to see my fights. This is good, you know. They they excited about fights, you know. so excited of my fights, and uh, I, I I will bring army, big army. I have really good people behind me. I hope all of you promotions are watching this right now, and. Uh... We'll see what happens on Sunday, my man. And uh, I'm really, I got to tell you, after this conversation, this might be outside of the Francis and Ganu situation. This might be my most intriguing storyline for all of 2022. Where will Roberto Soljic end up having his next fight? I, I don't, I don't, I'm so excited, man. I don't, I mean, I know it's a little nerve wracking, but this is very interesting stuff. And hopefully this all gets resolved soon. And uh, we can see you back in the cage doing what you do best, man. And that's fighting and, and throwing those hands. Yeah, we will see. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate your time. All right, let us say hello to the newest member of the UFC's featherweight division, Isaac Dolgarian, capped off FAC 12. Dana White's looking for a fight with a nasty first-round TKO. Took him a little over a minute to get it done, and now his next fight will be in the hallowed UFC octagon. Isaac, how are you, sir? Doing all right, brother. Just got in training. You know, I'm already back in the gym. Uh, just chilling out today. Well, congratulations on everything. I mean, what's crazy about this whole thing is that you turned pro less than a year ago. Your first pro fight yeah. was in March of 2021. And 11 months later, you are in the UFC. This is not a story yeah. that is told all that often. I'm sure you saw this coming at some point. 
but 11 months after you turned pro, this is amazing. Did you ever see it happening this way? Man, it came, it definitely came fast, but uh, I've, I've taken every opportunity that's been presented to me. Uh, I'm always in the gym. I'm always training. I'm always ready to fight. So it's, it's really no surprise that I'm here as fast as possible. I've, I've been blessed to be like injury free and everything like that. So I'm just getting started in my career, but I'm going to make waves in the UFC. I already know. When you're on these types of cards, like looking for a fight or the contender series and what have you, and you're fighting in front of Dana White, there's a lot of pressure already, but, but I constantly think about the psychology of it all because you know what you have to do, right? And the pressure is there. So I always wonder if it's better to fight early and kind of get it out of the way and let everybody else chase you, or in your case, be in the main event. You already know what happened on the rest of the card. You saw some big finishes. You're following the insane head kick KO from Eduardo Dantes. Right. What, like, what are you thinking headed in? Did, did you think like, damn, I got to go out there and do something ridiculous right now? Yeah. Yeah. So like, right, right. Well, early in the night, my, my buddy Gage Young, he had a nasty knockout early and I was like super happy for him, but I was like, dang, that kid just stole the show. You know, he's a young, young up and comer as well. And uh, I was like, he stole the show early from us. And then uh, Dantes, uh, while I was warming up, he's a fight before me. He had that nasty head kick and I was just like, my like heart kind of sunk. I was like, man, now it doesn't really matter what I do. It's going to be tough to top that. Uh, but I just told myself once they loaded me in the shoot, I was like, man, you got to do something special to change your life tonight. And lo and behold, I went out there and that's what happened. You know, I've been doing combat sports since I was eight years old. I've sacrificed so many like friendships and relationships and everything like that, uh, for, for my sport. So really, I just feel like that's the moment where everything kind of came together for me and I was no longer, no longer just myself. It was, it was just everything put together, all the, all the train sessions, everything. It kind of just, that's just kind of how it went down. So it was like my moment, my time, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy being on social media watching the card and seeing everything going on and how people are reacting. When Dantas lands a head kick, everyone's like, welcome to the UFC. He's a former Bellator champion. There's no doubt they're going to sign this guy. But then you go out there and do what you did. Is there a part of you in like this strange way that's kind of grateful to Dantas for finishing the fight the way that he did? Because that gave you that extra boost a little bit in the shoot. Like you knew what you needed to do, but having to follow that, that, that almost like, kind of instilled you having to do something special yeah 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 i mean kind of kind of for sure i mean i was blessed to be fighting above Dantas in the first place you know he has so much more experience than me so just them giving me the opportunity to headline that card was amazing in itself and then Dantas obviously did that and i had to i had to do something special but like i had the opportunity early in the fight to take the rear naked choke and, you know, like I didn't take it because I knew I had to top that. So uh, I definitely wanted to go out there and show Dana and everyone else on the Looking for a Fight cast and the Nelk Boys exactly what I'm about. And that's what I did. The other thing about fighting in the main event of a card like this is, you know, the whole training camp, all the hard work, everything you did heading into this fight was all about the fight, right? It, it's about you and, and another man. You're getting in there and you're trying to do the same thing, fight for the same goal. And when you win a fight like that, it's an emotional thing. You want to enjoy it and you want to kind of smell the roses for a moment and celebrate the win. And with this situation, you can't really do that right away. Right? Like you win. And now it's like, okay, did I do enough? When will I know? And I imagine you leave the cage and before you can even think about the fight and the performance that you just had, 
You're thinking about the decision that needs to be made. You're about to find out if your life's about to change. What were those moments like for you walking out of the cage and heading to the back to finding out you got the contract? Cause I'm sure, it, I'm sure you found out not long after that. Yeah, man. It was, it was absolutely insane because I finished my fight, got my hand raised, you know, did my interview and stuff like that. And then I walked down the runway. I'm dapping all my, all my fans and stuff up. They literally take me right to the back. I'm still have my wraps on. I have my belt on me, everything. My shirt's still off. I'm sweating, breathing hard. And, uh, they just took me right back into the room with Dana and them. And they told me I'm a UFC fighter now. So it all happened so fast. It was all a blur. Uh, I honestly didn't know what to say when they first gave me that because I was still trying to process everything that I just did in my fight and all the emotions that come with that. So you're definitely, definitely right. When you say that, yeah, the big, it was, it was all a blur, man. I, it, I always take a couple minutes after my fights and kind of just go in the back and sit by myself and just like try to take in what just happened and everything. And this time they just threw me right, right in with the wolves. So it was pretty crazy. Were the Nelk boys back there with Dana when you got offered the yeah. deal? It was the Nelk boys, Dana, Dean Thomas, Matt, Sarah, and a wall of like 50 cameras. That's and crazy, like I, man. I was in there like halfway about to cry halfway. Like, I don't know. Like it was just insane. What was more memorable, the fight, the awarding of the contract, or just a fully suited up and dapper Jeff Molina giving you the post-fight interview? Because he is so good at that role, is he not? He's amazing at that, and it was awesome to share that moment with him uh, after such a big victory for me. I mean, the biggest thing for me was was winning that fight as dominantly as I did. TJ Britton, he's a tough opponent. You know, he's he definitely has a huge height advantage on me, huge reach advantage. So it was a, it was an awkward matchup from the beginning and just to be able to go out there in a five round fight, my first five round fight and get it done with another first round finish, you know, that just speaks uh, wonders on my training and how hard I actually train. I couldn't believe how many people were there. You can't really, you couldn't really, you couldn't really grasp it all on the broadcast. Like you could hear it and it was loud and it was ruckus, but I saw on Twitter when, someone videoed Don Shanus walking out down the mm-hmm. ramp and you could, it was like an overhead shot. And I was just like, Holy crap. There's like, there's a ton of people in here. Is that the most yeah. amount of people you fought in front of? Uh, yeah, that's the most I fought in front of for sure. Uh, really the craziest part about it was, was that I, there was like three times as many people as the other shows and most regional shows, they don't have anywhere near that many people, you know? So that was like a, that was a big deal. I love competing in front of people. I love competing in front of my fans and everything. I don't really get any more nerves than I would if nobody was there, you know? So I, I enjoy that aspect of it. I enjoy seeing all the familiar faces out there after I win, uh, go just going crazy insane for me. And, uh, yeah, it's just an awesome experience to be in front of that many people. Five fights in the last 11 months, eight fights since 2020, and that includes your last three amateur fights. Did this fight, this situation, do you feel like it came at like the perfect time for you? Because you check the next box off, but this isn't something you necessarily need to, to rush and fight next month, right? Like, or maybe you do because you're such an active guy. No, I don't need to fight. I actually want to take a, a little bit of time and develop. And I think the guys at the UFC will see that I'm still young and I've only been a pro for a year. So I hope they allow me to have that time to actually get better and focus on training with actual UFC fighters. Uh, we got like David Onama and a bunch of people at the gym, Kevin Kroom, all these guys my size that are that are great partners for me. And I'd love to just sit down and actually actually focus on training with these guys the most. 
Yeah. When was, I mean, when was the last time you had like this full on, like actually time to, to just work on, without having to prepare for a fight? Cause I feel like you probably haven't really been able to do that. I mean, in, yeah. In between, I think it was like my second and third pro fight. We took a few months off, but really I was just, I was constantly in the gym, you know, the whole time preparing for my next outing. I'd love to just be able to do skill work and just try to try to focus on my skills to get better. So that's, that's the biggest thing for me. I've just been so active, man. Like I haven't had any time to rest or recover or anything like that. Like even after this fight, I was, I was back in the gym on Monday watching and training on Tuesday. We fought on Sunday. So I've, I've, I'm already back in the gym doing everything that I was. So it's just my lifestyle. If I, if I like miss, if I miss like a training session, my body doesn't feel right at all. Uh, but speaking on the timing, the timing of this fight honestly wasn't the best. Cause I've been going through some like actual life things that have been bothering me a lot and kind of taking my mind off of the fight, but I was still able to lock in and do the things that I needed to do and come prepared. You know what I'm saying? I didn't use that as an excuse. I came prepared and was ready to fight uh, win or die. You know what I'm saying? Uh, are you allowed to like, what were you dealing with? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, just, I don't really want to get into it. Just a bunch of emotional stuff going on with me and, uh, yeah, the, the situation that I'm in. So really, really that's, that's the extent of that, man. But I just, I just came prepared, put that stuff to the side and kept training when I didn't want to kept, doing everything that I normally do when I didn't want to, uh, when I'm sitting in here not wanting to train and stuff like that. So, you know, just keep, keep it, keep it pushing, keep it moving, no matter what's going on in your life and good things will come, you know, like this opportunity. If I would, if I wanted to be a baby and not go train and not do anything, this fight could have went completely different and I, I wouldn't be sitting here today where I am. So I'm just grateful for my mental toughness that was instilled in me, uh, from my grandfather, uh, always pushing me to keep going no matter what circumstance we are in, we are in, in life. So that's the biggest thing for me, man. Said, um, so with everything going on, you wanted to evolve and everything. If you had your druthers, if it were up to you, I mean, when the UFC calls it about, obviously things might change, but if it was up to you, when do you want to make this debut? Like end of the year or sooner? What do you I'd, think? I love, I'd love to debut at the end of the year. I feel like that'd be best for me. Uh, if they tell me I need to go before, I'll be ready. But if they want to see a new fighter, like an evolved young athlete, an evolved young man, I feel like they'll allow me to wait until October, November, around there. I feel like I'll be a completely different fighter in six to eight months. I mean, it's just been an unbelievable quick rise for you. It, what else is pretty unbelievable about you? I, I watched some of the interview you did with James Lynch. Did I hear correctly that, that you're a beekeeper? Yeah, yeah. I keep some bees. It's a hobby. It's not like a full-time job or anything, but yeah, it's, it's one of the hobbies of mine. I keep bees garden pretty much can do anything crafty, man. Uh, I I'm very diverse in what I can do. I have a lot of knowledge outside of just fighting, which I think a lot of people don't have. And I was never great at school. So I kind of filled my time with other things like building, like woodwork, all, all this other type of stuff. Um, just to, show that like i'm not stupid like i'm smart i know how to do things i just don't like the school stuff so that's really where my head at head was at with that when i was young and it's kind of just carried over into my adult life you're at the right gym right you get james Krause there i mean talk about a guy who 
is, is about as smart as it gets when it comes to being a fighter and finding other avenues to succeed. This guy is like the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, he's a genius, man. I look up to him a lot. Uh, I can't wait to start working with him on some projects and stuff like that here eventually. There you go. As someone who is allergic to bee stings, it got me thinking a certain way here and about that. Cause man, I get stung in like wherever I get stung the whole, if I get stung in the, like in the finger, my whole hand will blow up like 10 times the size. It's like disgusting, dude. Your EpiPen. Yeah, no, I swell, I swell up and I don't have any like bad allergic reactions, but I got stung uh, on my face and I got stung like on my face and everyone at practice was like, did you start dipping? they're like looking at me like I was chewing tobacco and stuff. I was like, no, man, I got stung by a bee. And then like, I got stung on my thumb. I, it's weird. Cause I've been stung. Like I probably got stung. I'd say nine to 10 times last year. Um, just me being overconfident, not wearing my bee suit when I probably should. And I'm just like, I don't really care. Uh, but I got stung on my thumb and my thumb swole up. It like got me, with my, I was holding a frame. So I'm holding like a B frame and it stung me on my knuckle and it got like all the way down in there, man. And uh, my hand swole up so big that I couldn't even put my MMA glove on anymore. It was weird. Oh man, those things are, are vicious creatures, but they serve a purpose. And I feel like you probably, and I heard you talking to James about this. You probably just so fascinated by how the the sausage is made so to speak like once you i think you said like once you started reading one thing you just dove into a rabbit hole and it was just becomes like such a fascinating what was the most interesting thing you learned like what was the one thing that sort of stood out that you're like oh man i gotta keep reading about this uh i don't remember exactly what it was but it probably had to do with like it had to do with the inner workings of the hive like uh how like the queen has like an entourage that like follows her around and like it's almost crazy to watch i've seen it happen like the bees literally push all the other bees out of the way for the queen and they clean her, they feed her, uh, they do everything for the queen. And it's, it's just insane to watch the queen goes and lays like, I think it's like 2000 eggs a day. So, I mean, do the math on that. That's, that's 14,000 eggs in a week. That's a lot of bees that's going on. Uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's insane. Like the nurse bees, the, the nurse bees feed the babies like the larvae and stuff. They feed them thousands of times a day. It's like, how do you even feed something a thousand times a day? That's insane, but they do. So they're just on top of their game at all times. They, they all work in synchrony so well. And this is amazing to watch, especially when you get to watch it in person. What's the, I made it fight for you in the UFC. Like if you get matched up with this, with this individual fighter, you're just like, all right, we're on to something like I'm close. I'm there. I'm where I want to be. Is there a guy that like stands out, not in a trash talk kind of way, but you know, even yeah. out of just respect, like if I make it to this guy, like we're, we're cooking with fire here. I don't think any uh, specific person, I just think I belong in the top 10, top 15. You know, I think I belong there. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to earn my spot and I don't even know if I'm going to be fighting it by the way. I might be down at 135 because I make 145 super easily. So I might be going to Bantamweight. That's what I was saying. If they'll allow me to take the time to, to run a tester and make sure I can get down there healthily, you know, I already know I can compete in the top 10 at 135. So uh, it's just it's just me skill building, getting better eyes on me so I can see everything coming. Uh, and I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause trouble at that division for sure. Have you fought at 35 before? I haven't, man. But like, like I said, I cut, I cut to 145 for all my local fights, really just because it's super easy on my body. I'm like, I'm not cutting to 35 for 
a thousand dollars, like twelve hundred dollars. I'm good. It's going to cost me that much to get down there. You know what I'm saying? So now that I have like the resources and stuff and I can go up to the PI and they can check out my body and make sure that I can actually get down to 35, which shouldn't be hard because I walk around light in the first place. I'm not that big. So I think, I think that's the weight for me. I'm kind of an in-betweener, but I feel like that's a weight that I can jump right into the mix right away. What do you walk around at normally? Depends on what I'm eating, man. I'd say normally around 60, 63 really just depends. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, and you're, you're relatively young guy. So, I mean, if you're going to do it now, it's probably the time to do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I'm eating clean, I'll drop down lower than that. If I'm eating whatever I want, I can get a little heavier, you know, it's all, it's all, whatever. it's all, it's all de- dependent on what I'm doing, but well done. Congratulations, man. I mean, what a, what a rocket ship ride it has been over the last three or so years for you. And this is just unbelievable stuff. So well done. Looking forward to that eventual debut, maybe at 45, maybe at 35. We'll see what happens, but uh, I appreciate your time, man. Congratulations again. And uh, don't get stung too much on the way to the octagon. Yes. Yes, sir. I got you. The Bellator champion series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. we go from one brand new UFC signee to another. And that's actually going to be a theme on the show this week. As Josh Frem joins us, he too earned himself a UFC contract at FAC 12 earlier this month with a second round submission win over Joel Bauman. Josh, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, doing well. It's a beautiful day out here in Colorado. Can't complain. UFC signee. How does that sound? Is that like music to your ears at this point? Uh, It sounds great. I'm not going to lie to you. It sounds amazing. It's uh, starting to wear off a little bit because I can't wait to uh, be able to call myself a UFC fight winner. Uh, UFC fight signee is amazing. Uh, All the congratulations is amazing. But when it comes down to brass tacks, I just want to get my first win in the UFC. That's that's my first goal. Is that when it'll kind of feel real for you? Just making that walk, having that whole experience and uh, coming away with your hand raised, that's when it'll like fully sink in for you? Yeah, yeah. I've had a couple of buddies ask me that and uh, that's that's how I feel about it. It, it. Once I put the gloves on, once I make that walk, once everything starts setting in, that's when it's going to really feel real. 
you know, right now it's all just hearsay. And I know that the future is what that's going to be, but that's when it'll finally set in for me. The check mark at this point. Oh, oh there you are. So it's a, it's more of a check mark than anything. More of a check mark. Yeah. Just on the list of goals that I have with this whole fighting game, that's, that's a big one to check off. So before we talk about the fight and the next step and what this all means, I understand you are a big football fan. I understand you are a Steelers fan. I am a Patriots fan having lived in Massachusetts for over three decades, but we both watched the Super Bowl on Sunday as, as neutral fans. We just wanted to see a darn yes. good game. And uh, I think we got that one by the Rams. I enjoyed it. What did you think of the game? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a great game. Uh, obviously it's a little hard to cheer for the Bengals because they're in the North, but how can you hate Joe Burrow? The kid, um, you know, uh, Jamar Chase is fantastic. And the Rams, a star-studded team, they played a lot better than uh, – they played a lot worse than I expected. But once uh, once they started using Cooper Cup in the end, they finally started doing well. So – I'm curious, did you think Cooper Cup should have been the MVP? There's been two big debates coming out of Sunday, and one was that, and the other was the halftime show, whether you thought it was great or you thought it sucked. So we'll start with uh, the MVP voting. I definitely think that uh, the MVP should have went to Cooper Cup. Uh, it just showed you that on that last drive, every single play, like they finally started hitting him. And honestly, to cap off such a great year, why not be the MVP? The guy won Offensive Player of the Year. He broke so many records. Like, cap off a star-studded year for that guy for sure. Which side of the halftime show debate were you on? Did you dig it? I mean, that was in my wheelhouse. I'm a little bit older than you are, but uh, what did you think of the whole thing? Hey, you might be a little bit older than I am, but that is the music I was raised on. And that Mary J coming out was amazing for me. <laughs> uh, I was a little... I was a little heartbroken. You know, I'm a huge Pac fan. I'm probably, that's probably like my number one artist is Tupac. They didn't even have the, the, the show for him. They didn't do any tribute, no holograph, no not hologram, no nothing. Uh, that was a little sad. But other than that, it was a great performance uh, for the halftime show. We'll see how our teams fare next season. Hopefully we get to see each other and sometime in the playoffs, you know, for both of our sakes yeah. after uh some sad exits. Patriots are going to be Patriots are going to be good for uh, next couple of years. I got a lot of faith in Mac Jones, and he's he's going to be a really good fit for that team. Yeah, I think so. And it was good seeing him mic'd up at the Pro Bowl. You got to see his personality shine a little bit, and uh, he's just a just a fun loving guy. Fits right into that Belichick culture, right? Fun loving guy oh, that sure. never happens. <laughs> let's, let's talk about. Your victory, FAC 12, which at this point in your career, that was kind of like your Super Bowl. Great win, great finish, great showing. Certainly impressed the powers that be. It was a hell of a night for you. What was going through your mind when the ref stopped the fight? Were you thinking, I'm in the UFC, or did the nerves kind of kick in wondering, did I do enough? Uh, you know, it's always, it's always like that. Uh, I always have that type of mindset. I mean, you know, why would they pick me? I don't know if I did enough. I don't know if it was good enough. Because as you saw, the guys after me went out and just did amazing things. So, yeah, I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous at the end. But uh, to get the win, to be able to deal with all the adversity I was dealing with before the fight and taking it on such short notice 
And, uh, you know, just having my coaches believe in me, honestly, more than I believed in myself to go out and get the win. That was a huge accomplishment for myself. And, uh, yes, sitting in the back waiting, that was, that was nerve wracking. Oh, so you, you didn't find out until the end of the card. Yeah. Yeah. I had to wait, uh, until the end of the card and then like half an hour went by everybody, all the fighters who won are standing in the back with their significant others and their teammates and everything. Just Dana White and the Nelk boys in the back with the contract discussions. We weren't allowed to do anything. So I'm just trying to, you know, relax. I had a couple uh, cups of whiskey with my coach. We're just sipping on them, just waiting like, ah, whatever happens, happens, you know? <laughs> yeah, because I always wonder on events like this and shows like this, because I just talked to, to Isaac Dolgari, who got a contract as well, wondering if, yeah. it's, if it's better to fight earlier and, and make everybody chase you and have to wait through the rest of the card. You can watch it and you can kind of judge it. Or is it better to fight in the main event and see how the rest of the night worked itself out to see kind of the, the, the bar that you have to sort of leap over. So d hindsight is what it is. The fight in the night went the way that it did, but yeah. in hindsight, if you could do it again, would you be happy fighting in the same spot or would you be happy fighting later in the night? Uh, you know, first time it was kind of, uh, it was different not fighting closer to the end or at the very end. Cause once you get used to that spot, it's kind of hard, but I definitely say towards the end, because you know, especially with casuals and MMA fans and everything, it's recency bias. Uh, what was more exciting? The last thing I've seen, you know, and yeah, I put on an exciting performance. It was a little bit of a back and forth more than I wanted, but you know, the guys that came right after me, like back to back, crazy knockouts, like, it, it definitely pays to be a little bit later on the card. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, Dantas lands that head kick from outer space and you're just like, Oh, come on. I mean, he's a former ballot. No way. Like, they're not gonna sign this guy. And then he didn't get a contract. <laughs> well, yeah, it was shocking. Cause I know in Denver, when they came out here for the Dana White's looking for a fight, they gave away two contracts. So in my head, I was like, okay, two contracts. I'll get one. Dantas will definitely get the other one. And then Isaac goes out and just demolish, like in such a cool fashion, just goes out there and does his thing in the main event. And I was like, well, he'll definitely get one. I don't really know if I'm going to get one now. And then finding out you got it. I mean, I mean, you've already, you probably bet on their radar anyways, I'm sure for a little while, but to finally check that box off, to finally get that contract in your hand, what was that moment like for you? Oh, it was, it was great. I mean, I didn't get the contract in my inbox until obviously like two or three days later, but you can ask my girl. I was like a little kid on Christmas. I, I didn't have to, but I printed it out, you know, and I was showing her, I was look like that says UFC. Like those are the numbers. Those are the letters that I've been chasing for almost 10 years now. So it, it's pretty cool. It's a great feeling. So what did you do after you printed it out? Did you, did you frame it up? Is it on the wall now? Where is it? No, it's, uh, it's in a folder in my little, I have a little compartment in my apartment that I like to keep all the fighting memoirs that I like to keep just little bits and pieces from each fight. Had you met Dana White before, or was this the first time you met him? No, I was, uh, I was going to go up and say hi to him in Denver when he came out here for his, uh, for Dana White's looking for a fight that episode, but my teammates were fighting and I had a little too much to drink. I didn't want to go embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I, 
maybe it's just cause I'm a little bit older. I know the Nelk boys are a very big deal, but I didn't, I don't really know much about them. Did you, yeah. did, were you fans of them? Did you know much about them heading into this card? Yeah, I'm a pretty big fan of those guys. Uh, Steve will do it is absolutely hilarious. Uh, I know going through college, like my buddies and I would always watch their videos and joke around about it. I didn't really put too much pressure about myself for the Nelk boy contract or anything, because that's a bonus, like a cherry on top, you know, but, uh, it was really cool to be able to go say hi to him after the fight. That was super cool. How are you now approaching things from a UFC signee perspective, Josh? Like, do you want to get in there right away or do you want to take your time, work with the squad at factory X for a little bit, improve, evolve before you make that first walk? Like if, if the UFC called you or your manager right now and said, Hey man, we're so excited to have you on board. We're going to let you choose when you want to fight. What are you going to tell them? Oh, well, I train every day. Like this is, this is a lifestyle for me and it's, it's just something that I've always wanted to do. So it's an everyday thing for me. If they gave me the option, I would like to have at least, yeah, uh, a little bit of time. You know, I would like to fight in April, probably, uh, end of April would be ideal. Perfect for me. Um, but Hey, if they want me to get back in there in March and fight with my, uh, teammate, Cody Brundage, we can get the smash brothers going. You know, I'm, I'm down to fight whenever I want to, I want to make my UFC debut. I want it to be, you know, I want to have the time to do the things that we're going to build my skills. But just like this last fight, I, I had a little bit of nerves, you know, like, am I ready? Is this a good career move? And then I just went out and fought at the end of the day, it's just fighting. If I go out there and I fight, I'm going to show the true martial artist that I am and it's going to be good. So if they did ask me, yeah, I'd like a little bit of time, but I'm not picky. I love how you said I, I would like a little bit of time. And then you said April, which is less than two months away. I, yeah, to me, I, I love to fight every couple months. You know, people keep telling me, Oh, you got this contract. Like, you're rich. Is your life changed? I'm like, nah, like I haven't, I got a fight to earn this money. I can't, I, nothing's changed yet. Like everything is still the same for me. I'm at home with my dogs most of the time playing around. I'll go hiking, but like, there's really nothing that's changed yet until I get a couple wins until I get my name out there. Same on me. How is, uh, how is Cody doing? How is the other bash brother doing because I, I I've been, I've been interviewing Cody since he was uh, on the regional scene before he's on the contender series, really good guy. And you know, I mean, he dominated the Michigan scene for a while. So him getting a UFC contract at this time in his career was not surprising at all. So how's he doing yeah. getting ready for his next fight? Dude, he's doing amazing. You know, uh, him like myself, we're really hard on ourselves personally, but I've, I was just in the gym watching him and sparring last week. Like the kid is a monster. And I can't wait for him to come out and show what he's truly potential, all of his potential and him moving here has been a huge positive for me um, towards the, I want to say towards the latter part of me moving out here, a couple of the bigger guys were kind of like either retiring or moving. And I wasn't really sure what my space would be here at factory X at the time. And Cody came out and visited and did a couple training sessions and decided to move out here. And that's been huge for me because like you said, the guy's hilarious. The guy's a great dude. You, He's the kind of guy you want to go have a beer with, want to hang out with. He's just funny and positive all the time. Great person to be around. How much training do you do with Dustin Jacoby? Cause that's another 
fun loving guy who's just who's just a savage too. Like what what is it like having him on the team? Oh, dude, uh, Dustin Jacoby has brought my striking up to an, another level. Uh, something that I've always wanted to do is be a high level striker, being lanky like him. And he's done nothing but teach me the ropes, show me the way. And he's another one of those just he's a dude's dude. You want to hang out with him. He's tough as nails, just gritty, blue collar kind of guy. And yeah, he's the type of guy that when he walks in the room, like, that's the, that's the life of the party. That dude's funny. He's always down to joke around. Great dude. Have you played golf with him yet? I played golf one time, but it wasn't directly with him. He was in our group, but I did way more drinking than I did swinging the golf club. So I'm not the greatest uh, golfer, but I know he is. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to ask. Cause I, uh, he, he tells me he's, he's a very good golfer. I hear rumblings that he's a very good golfer, but I figure you may have very seen good. him play golf. So is, is he as good as advertised? Yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything that requires skill, any ball sport, basketball, football, golf, like anything like that, the dude's just smooth. He's just really athletic. I'm so pumped for his next fight with old Zaychuk. That is going to be such <laughs> a beggar. That's going to be such a good yeah, fight. Man. So yeah. So he, Cody's got a fight. Jacoby's got a fight and then soon you'll have a fight as well. And uh, I can't wait to see it, man. Congratulations on everything. Well done. And, uh, Maybe you get your April fight and maybe you get on the same card as Cody, but I'm sure whenever that phone rings, you'll be ready to go. So congratulations again. Thank you for the time. And we'll see you in that octagon, man. Hey, I appreciate the time, my man. Thank you. Well, holy crap, Jay Perrin, or should I say UFC Bantamweight, Jay Perrin stepping in on short notice this Saturday at UFC Vegas 48 against Mario Batista. Congratulations, my man. I'd ask how you're doing, but, uh, I think I know how you're doing. I'm actually doing great, dude. You know what I mean? Like, um, people put weight cut pressure on, I mean, like short notice shit like that on themselves too much. Look, man, my, my dream is at the end of the road of this. So there's like no amount of misery that I can feel that will supersede the excitement and the joy that I have. So like, yeah, I'm getting skinny and like, it's always that way. So, you know what I mean? Like I'm good though. I feel great. Yeah. I figured you'd be good. I didn't think I didn't even really think about the, the weight cut. I mean, I'm sure that's something, but some people have asked me about it. That's all. Yeah. I mean, but you're already preparing for a fight. So it's not like, it's not like you're rolling off the couch at 170 right now. Dude, I was, I was like 152. Like when they called me and I'm like, I'm like, dude, water cut right now. I'll get it done immediately. So like, it's like, I'm just two weeks ahead of schedule. So like if I were to have fought a chic or fought for CES, um, I would have, fucking woke up on weight so like you know what i mean like they told me to be prepared i was and here we are so when did this happen when did you find out this is this is a possibility and then when did you find out that that you're a go man so they told me um like a week and a half ago i got a a text from um jason house who was like hey man you know there might be a uh, an opening on the 19th nothing really like set in stone yet but what's going to happen is is that they're going to ask roster members first right? Cause they get first dibs. And then if they can't find anybody to fight on the roster, then you're probably top of the list right there. So, um, as soon as I got that call, I went, Oh word. Cause it, I don't know. I just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach. I'm like, I'm going to get this call at some point. So like, um, you know, as soon as that happened, I got off the phone and I started fucking going after it. Cause, uh, you know, I, like I said, you know, you trust your intuition, and so basically a week and a half, I had like a, like to prepare for the call. And because I was already prepping, you know what I mean? I did 
14 days of just train. I didn't rest for 14 days. I took one. And then like the day after the rest day, I got the call. So like I did 10 double sessions and then like a couple of like light ones. And then I was like, all right, I need a break. I don't think I'm getting this. And then the next day I get the call. So it was good. It's cool. A week and a half. It's a possibility. When did you know for sure that this is a done deal? Like Saturday two or Sunday? Ago. Two days ago. Yeah. Okay. And how did so, you react? So, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Two days ago, two days ago, I, I was, I was, you know, it was back and forth between me and one other guy, but I had seen that guy that day and like the same day. And he was, they were like, can he make weight? And I'm like, not on his life. Could this man make weight in the time and nothing against him. But like, it's just, you know, some people are just too far out and it's dangerous. And I looked at him. I'm like, Nope, this is mine. I'm gonna get this. So uh, that's pretty much how it went down. You've been waiting for this for so long, man. Like a couple of years, you felt you were ready. I mean, you were on the contender series. And even after that, you thought maybe a win, another two, you're, you're back in the dance and then COVID hits and all this stuff's going on. And, you know, there's probably like some, some self-doubt at, at different points. You're like, you're seeing all these guys get calls. You're, you're booking big fights, just hoping that you'll get there. And I'm sure you have to tell yourself like, it's going to happen at some point, but you know, sometimes you get a little frustrated. Like where were you at with that before you you got this call and that this opportunity was there? Was it just like, keep plugging away? Or was there a part of you that's like, when is this, when is this phone going to ring for me? Cause like, what else do I have to do? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like to say that there's no self doubt in the sport that we're in is just fucking silly. You know what I mean? That's stupid. Like, and I work hard, man. So like, working as hard as I do and, and not getting the, the call as far and like winning the way that I do. Um, it sucks. You know what I mean? But like, again, going back to what I've said before, having expectations, um, of things before they come about, it often sets you up for disappointment. So like, uh, my contender series fight really, really put that in perspective for me. Um, you know, I thought I should have won. I thought the world owed me something. Um, and it didn't. And so like, yeah, like in the last like two years, I've been like, what the fuck am I doing, man? Because yeah, I came to Vegas and I've been broke. You know what I mean? Like, like you just broke, man. And it's just how it is. And, um, there's times where you look back and you're like, damn, I left home. I was making, you know, two, $3,000 every other week. I was making good money back when I was home. I worked two jobs. I could have had my own place by now. I wouldn't be in someone else's house. You know what I mean? Like, um, so obviously yeah, it, it sucks, but like, there's something deep down that says, you know what? Like, I always think of those things. Like, what if I quit? And then it's, it was right there in front of me. You know what I mean? What if I was, so I gave myself, um, like a cutoff time to make it to the UFC. I'm like, if I, if I'm not in the UFC by 31, I'm done. Um, so like, that was pretty much it for me. It was, that was the deciding factor. I was like, if I don't make it into the UFC by 31, you know what I mean? The, the likelihood of me getting in goes in, down incredibly. So like, um, that was it. That was really what kept me in the game was like, I love to do this. This is everything that I want to do. If I can't make it to the UFC, maybe I'll make it somewhere else and build my name enough because at the end of my career, man, I want to open my own gym. I want to have my own six, like my own team that I, I just want to be surrounded by martial arts. This would save my life. So like, um, you know, if I wasn't in the UFC by 31 or anything like that, I'd retire and then become a coach and then that would be my life. But, um, yeah, man, it's uh, doubt, doubt is, certainly a part of it. It's just how you like work through it. You know what I mean? I work hard. That's why I'm not, I don't doubt myself that much. I work really, really hard. So like, it's hard for me to doubt myself for too long. You had to think something might've been coming because sometimes in life, weird things happen and it leads to like better things because 
couple weeks ago, Cage Titans puts on an event and the Bantamweight title's on the line, which I didn't even know was going to be on the line. I talked to, I mean, I talked to Panafiel after, after the win, just because I, I hadn't talked to him before, but I, up until the night of the fight, I had no idea that the title was even vacated. And I, I know, did, did you even know that like the title was vacated? No. I saw your, I saw your post on Facebook saying that, that there was a fight for a title of some kind, but like, what was your reaction to that whole thing? Yes. Um, so basically, um, I don't know how that came about, to be honest. Uh, after I won my CES belt, I didn't hear from Cage Titans. They gave me a very begrudging congratulations, and that was really it. Like, I didn't hear anything from them. Uh, my manager talked to them more often than not, and it was like, hey, man, well, we want to... Well, th The idea that I heard originally was that they were going to have an interim title, which is silly. Um, because, in my opinion, they wanted to sell Penafiel as their next guy. And that's fine. But like, uh, you know, the whole interim belt thing is crazy to me. And, and um, you know, I, I didn't really even hear until like the, the night before that it wasn't for an interim title. They had vacated my title and given it to this guy. And again, dude, that whole thing is a sham. Like not, not Cage Titans itself. Because again, like despite my disagreement about what went down with this, I still have a lot of love and respect for Mike Polver. And he helped me a lot. And I wouldn't be where I am without that guy so like i'm not trying to shit on him but like the whole concept of you want a belt beating a guy that's 10 and 18 you know what i mean it just it's like come on dude that's a joke so like um you know I, I didn't hear about it until after it didn't really matter to me because it's like belts are a means to an end i i won the belt i defended it nobody beat me for it so it, you know what i mean at the end of the day i'm still the king so it doesn't matter to me um Penafiel can do whatever the fuck he wants he ducked me twice and uh he won't ever fight me so you know what i mean like I, i've spent too much energy and time fucking talking about this guy and for a guy that's just not going to fight me he's just not he's gonna he'd rather tell go on fucking instagram and talk about how him and his team are gonna jump me but he won't sign a contract to actually fist fight me himself so it's like i got no more time for that you know what i mean uh he can be the champion in a regional promotion in a place that he's not even from have fun his big point is that he's more popular than me in new england okay cool for you dude like that's i mean i'm just over it all my love and respect to cage titans but um you beat a guy with a losing record that's near 40 years old and missed weight by nine pounds or some shit like that uh, it's hard for me to to appreciate the legitimacy of that fair enough so, so wait a minute I, I have to go back yeah he said there, there's talks about his team jumping you what where did that come from so basically uh you know it's been on instagram and stuff like that me and him have chirped back and forth and all i do is state facts i don't talk shit that's not true i say things that are real um and i just started saying things to him that were real the fact that he did in fact duck me twice doesn't even deny that he said no to fighting fighting me two times um and then it becomes, you know, when I was going to fight for the CES belt, he said because his teammate Diego, another person that I beat, um, was going to be there for the main event. He said that at the weigh-in that him and his team are going to jump me or basically attack me um, on the stage. And I'm like, dude, you're kind of a bitch for that because you wouldn't fight me yourself, but you have to wait until all your friends are around to get brave. That's nuts. So that's basically that is what happened. It is, it is something that he said. And then, dude, whatever, go ahead, jump me. I'm from a place where people get jumped. So have fun because it's going to be a fuck. It's going to be, I'm, I, and you're going to come to my home base. Like, no matter what you say, dude, 
I was the champion of that promotion. So like, you think you're going to come to CES and attack me and nobody around me is going to help me. You're dumb. That's stupid. So I don't know. He's an idiot. He's all he did really at this point, that guy lived off of me for his own like gain. Like he used the beef between me and him to get more clicks. And like, that's it. That's how I know that he's not real. He's about clicks and shit like that. He's never going to fight like a top tier guy. He cherry picks. Um, It's really over. You know what I mean? Like the guy's kind of pathetic to me at this point, you know, and that, that comment just kind of proved it's like, dude, you've already said no to me twice. And now you're threatening to jump me only because your team is going to be around. So it's like, you know, dude, you're a bum. Get the fuck out of my face. I got no more time for it. Now you are getting ready for your UFC debut. What, what has the reaction been like? Cause you, I mean, you, you more than anybody, especially from the new England area, it's like, it's hit or miss. They either love you or there's no gray area with you, Jay. So what has the reaction been like on social media and stuff like that? I've gotten a tremendous amount of support, honestly, over the last two days. It's like almost overwhelming. You know what I mean? Just to see how many people wanted to, wanted this to happen and believe that like this was long overdue and not just people in my life, but strangers. You know what I mean? Like people that are from different parts of the country are like, this guy should have been in here for a while. You know what I mean? Like diehard fans that are, that are just into the sport. And um, I think I had one troll I had one and I'm pretty sure he was from South shore. So, um, you know, uh, uh, nobody's really said anything bad other than like, who is this guy? (laughs) Which is understandable. (laughs) Like I get it. I get that. Um, I'm the guy that had chicken pox on fucking on the, on the contender series. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, everybody's been really cool, man. Like, um, I come in there, I do, I do what I do. And I like, this is a good matchup between me and, a, and another skilled fighter. I've re- I'm actually, very, I'm more excited about this one than the one I was already in. Um, to be honest, cause I think it's a good display of skill between two guys and I don't got to build the fight. The fight will build itself. So, um, you know, I just get to, I like, there's no pressure on me at all. I'm like, the support is overwhelming. So like, it's kind of almost like foreign to me. Cause like you said, either people really like me well, I really don't, you know what I mean? And that's cool. But like, there's way more people that like me than I thought. So I'm like, <laughs> so like I'm like, damn, I might not get booed. That's sick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're probably not going to get booed anyways. It's like, it's, nah. it's going to be like a regional fight anyways. I remember yeah. talking to Cater about this after his last fight. He was like, he was like, it was like fighting in combat zone when I was, uh, when I was on the way up. Cause there's 150 people in there. And I flew like all my, my family and friends out oh, there and they were all wearing yeah, Cater media t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Those t-shirts are fucking amazing. I did fight for Calvin at combat zone. And like, I remember, and you know what is kind of cool about this fight is that like last time I fought the apex was the contender series. And, um, I now get my chance to, uh, rectify that. You know what I mean? To, to prove that that wasn't, you know what I mean? Like it was a controversial decision, but um, I got to finish. And so I'm going to go in there and search for that finish and prove to everybody that, you know, they were wrong that they were wrong to, to overlook me, uh, two years ago. Um, I'm gonna go in and like, like I said, dude, there's no pressure on me. The only pressure I got to do is make weight and be a professional. Um, other than that, I get to go do what I love to do at the highest stage, not like the contender series, not at, you know what I mean? Not at like some show that gets you in. I'm in, you know what I mean? Like I get to do that on like the prelims, not the early ones, according to ESPN, which is kind of cool. Like I thought that I would be, (laughs) Like at like 1 p.m. You know what I mean? I'm like, damn, I'm gonna go get lunch after. You know what I mean? But um, uh, you know, like uh, I I I'm very very grateful, and I'm very very humbled by the opportunity, obviously. Uh, and like the moment is it it like when you get 
I don't know how to describe this. Like when you're, when you, this happens and this call comes in and all the support and all this, you're like, damn, I'm a UFC fighter. But at the same time, you have to keep yourself grounded because it's really not about getting there. You know what I mean? It's about staying and having the ability to prove that you belong on this roster of the best fighters in the world. You know what I mean? There's, and, and so that's kind of my motivation going into this is yes, I took yesterday to be proud of myself, but today, tomorrow, the next, Day, Friday and Saturday are all about proving that this wasn't a fluke, that this isn't a mistake, that I'm not just some guy that came in to get killed. I'm nobody's stepping stone. And I, I'm going to prove that I belong in the top 20 of this division, at least right now. And that'll continue. I will continue to rise the way that I always have. Mike, every single shot that I've called, I've made, I've made that happen. And I'm going to continue to do that. And as much as the moment is so overwhelming and like wonderful, that's what gets people else. That's how you get an L is that you, you take too much time basking in the glory of what you have and then you lose and then that's gone. And I don't want to live not here to lose. You know what I mean? I've never been here to lose. So um, it's a great opportunity and it's everything I've ever worked for, but it doesn't matter if I lose. So that's kind of what, where I'm at. Nothing to lose, but in the end, in the overall Jay Perrin story, this is a check Mark off the old for list, sure. but there's still, a whole bunch more checks you got to do. Yep. Once one goal is achieved, you have to start making other ones. You know, you start aiming higher and I've been aiming at this one for years now. And so I haven't, you know what, now that I'm here, you know what I mean? I'm going to win this fight. That's the next check mark. And then the next is to just continue to rise and prove to everybody that I'm one of the best in the world. And I'm going to continue to do that. And where I am in at syndicate with John Wood and all of them has elevated my game tenfold you know just being around everybody and i'm really really excited to be able to show how much i've not just like improved but i've matured as a as a fighter i take my time i i understand how to get to a finish i'm not just throwing things there's a lot more purpose in the things that i'm doing um so yeah i i I think the next goal is win this fight and then go from there you know what i mean then i'm a ufc fighter then i can say to myself at least I'm a UFC fighter. If you go in there and you go, oh, and four, it's hard to say that. You know what I mean? It's hard to say that you were one when you were, you know what I mean? Um, so I need the win. I need the win to, for, for myself to be able to say that, hey, I did this. Not only did I do it, I did it successfully. What about this matchup excites you so much? You said you this one's a more, I mean, obviously the stage is bigger, but you said stylistically and just fighter to fighter, this matchup with Mario excites you more than the CES title fight, which was also a really good fight. What about mm-hmm. Mario's style and what he brings to the table is so exciting to you? Mario's got good footwork. He's aggressive. He's going to meet me in the middle and it's going to be a war of who's going to take the back step first. Um, I think the matchup is better for me than Ashik was. I think Ashik's got some skills that are harder for me to deal with in Mario. Um, I've watched a lot of his tape and again, like nothing, no disrespect to this man. You know what I mean? I've have nothing but good things to say about him and thank you for accepting the fight. Um, but I just think that my skill set is better prepared or better honed for this person. Um, you know, I, I, I can make all my notes, you know what I mean? I have them all in my head and I've watched them for days. Like before we even got the fight, I was at home all weekend Every fight that I could watch of his, I was watching. And um, I just think my skill set really, really matches up well with his. Uh, like I said, I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park. But I think that 
it'll be a good scrap. This could be, you know what I mean, best prelim fight of the night because we're very, I feel like we're very evenly matched. Um, we're on different parts of our career. I'm coming seven out of eight and he's coming off a, a year layoff and like a, a, a big knockout loss. So um, I think that, you know, he's fast, he's aggressive. He's going to bring the fight to me. And I like that. I like the challenge. I like the, to be able to say that I got into a war. Yeah. It's, it, I, I like the stylistic matchup because both you guys, both you guys like to take the first round and sort of feel things out a little bit. Like you're both competitive mm-hmm. in that first round, but it seems like the second round, that's when the juice turns for both of you guys. Yep. And we saw it in your last fight too. And we saw it in Mario's knockout win against miles. Johns is a super competitive, fun first round, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it's almost like he was mentally taking notes and then he landed the flying knee and put him away. And I feel he it was very similar to your last fight too. Yeah. We download information on the first round and then the second round we go for the kill. You know, you got five minutes to see what he's got. Cause in the first round, dude, that's the best you got. You know what I mean? The best you got is the first round. The second round, you know, now you're tired. Now we got a little bit more blood in our, in our muscles. I can start, you're going to start making mistakes. Um, Mario makes good reads. He's actually really good at flying knees. You know what I mean? I, he's not going to fucking flying knee me. I'm going to tell you, Mario, if you watch this, absolutely not. No shot. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think that, he's an intelligent fighter. He makes good reads. And, you know, but like I said, we're going to come to bring it. The only, you know, um, I'm, I'm very excited to, to touch his touch gloves with him, and then, and then get to war and then see where the finish comes. Cause it's coming, you know, 15 minutes isn't a long time, so we got to get to work. So you, you predict a finish and that that'd be a huge moment for you. It'd be a huge moment for syndicate, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this past Saturday because an OG, a legend, Roxanne Mataferi, made the walk in Houston, Texas to a ruckus crowd for the final time in her career. And that fight with Casey O'Neill was a banger. That fight was super fun. I enjoyed it very much. It was classic Roxy and just no better way for her to, 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 to go out. I mean, Casey was a big favorite. Roxy was touching her up. She busted her up and it was just a really fun fight to watch. What was that like for you? Cause I'm sure you've spent some time with Roxanne and, and to see her go out the way that she did and go out with just such a martial arts mentality. What was that like for you? Roxanne was one of the first, when I first came here to Las Vegas a few years ago for the contender series um, and filmed all my stuff, Roxy was the first person to come up and say hello to me and be friendly. We were both wearing the same Dragon Ball Z rash guard and um, she made me feel right at home. You know, Roxy has been a a real good friend of mine for a a few years now and I'm I'm so proud of her. You know what I mean? Nothing against Casey because I trained with Casey on Sundays at uh, 10th planet and, um, Casey's a dog, man. Like that's a, that's a future championship caliber fighter. No doubt about it. I absolutely a hundred percent believe that because I watch, I've watched her train and with grown men, like big men, much bigger than her. And she's as competitive as they come, but for Roxy to go out on her shield like that and even perform the way that she did against somebody like that is just so like, it's so impressive and I'm so, I'm so proud of her for how she handled everything. And, um, she is nothing short of a legend and absolutely not just for women, but for all of us, you know, she was fighting before half of the stars now even started, you know what I mean? So like, I don't know, man, I just, I feel an immense amount of pride for her and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for her. And I hope that the next part of her life is better than the first. So, um, Roxy is, is has a special place in my heart and it, it felt great. I cried a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I teared up at the end when she said, you know, I'm okay with that fight and I'm all right with this. And, uh, you know what I mean? She's, she's a true inspiration 
And uh, I wish her all the best in her future endeavors and uh, in her future marriage to uh, Chris Roman. Absolutely. Well said. And uh, we're all very happy for you as well, Jay. Congratulations. Like, like you said, and like other people have told you this, this call is something that has been eluding you and and it should have been here a little while ago in a lot of people's eyes. And uh, you know, you and I have talked behind the scenes and I told you this day was coming and you knew it was coming and now it's finally here. And uh, it's crazy, man. It's, 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 I think you're the first person on this show who I talked to as a regional fighter and then has, and then in the second interview, now they're getting ready for their first UFC fight. So we're making history here, Jay. And there's hey, no one I'd rather make go. history with. <laughs> let's go. I fucking love it. I love all right. it. All the best to you this week, man. And uh, in the Thank fight you, on man. Saturday, my bro. Thank you, man. When I win on Saturday, we got to get another interview. Done and done. You got my word. My man. Thank you, all brother. Right, man. Thank you. Let us say hello to our final guest this week. Big win for Ronnie Lawrence over a super tough Mana Martinez at UFC 271 this past Saturday in Houston. Crazy fight, crazy atmosphere. And now he is 2-0 in the UFC. Ronnie, how are you, sir? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. There you go. I know after the fight, you were pretty critical of the performance, most specifically the third round when you were dropped and you were able to recover and secure the win, but... You said you needed to go back and watch it before you could accurately assess the performance. So I'm curious if you have gone back and watched it. And if so, how do you assess it now? Um, so like, uh, in, in the fight, uh, I was, I was holding back the whole time cause, uh, I, I walked in feeling so like, uh, since I was having stomach problems and stuff, uh, I wasn't able to eat a lot of food, so I didn't have very much energy. I woke up and felt like lethargic, heavy, just the way I woke up, like feeling the way you don't want to feel before a fight. So, uh, I mean, you know, I think I did pretty well for how I felt. Yeah, I would say so. You, I mean, you looked like a murderer in the first two rounds. Everyone was like, Oh my God, pay attention to this guy. And, and to find out that you weren't feeling that well is just ridiculous, man. So I'm curious all things considered, how would you grade your performance? I know fighters are the most self-critical people on the face of the planet, but I'm just curious how you grade your performance overall. Uh, there's a lot of different, there's a lot, I had a lot more things I wanted to do in the fight. Uh, I, I was, I was holding back and I made some errors like on, on like against the fence when I got up and stuff. So, I mean, a striking wise, I guess like a, like a B grappling, like a C, you know, a C for grappling. Yeah, I, I, I definitely uh, had some errors in the grappling, but, you know, that's what it is. We made some notes and we'll, we'll go drill it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, like you said, and, and maybe it's just my eyes and other people's eyes, there's a lot of good to take away from because you did get to display a lot more of your striking in this fight. And people are well aware of the grappling and the takedowns and how you string them together so so beautifully but you dropped mana several times in the fight. And most people views the viewed the fight on paper heading in that it was going to be wrestler versus striker and that he would outstrike you. You would out wrestle him and you won the striking battle for most of the fight. So are you at least happy to be able to show a little bit more of that side of your game that people outside of your regional fights and watching you on the come up haven't really seen a lot of. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm a wrestler. And like we all, we all laugh. <laughs> All, 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 everyone that knows me laughs. Uh, I got my buddy uh, staying with me right now from uh, from Nashville. He fought in the Contender Series a few years back. His name is Chris Ocon. Yep. And like, he was just, we were just laughing about it last night. He was like, 
they, they think you're a wrestler, bro. This is hilarious because he's been training with me for years. And like, I can I can wrestle, but I'm for sure like usually one of the better strikers in the room. So it's it it, it definitely is pretty funny. I mean, now the secret's out a little bit after that performance on Saturday. So now people maybe will respect the striking a little bit more and maybe make things a little more interesting for you in these fights. If they don't respect it, they're going to get punched in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you enjoy fighting in front of such a big crowd after fighting in the Apex the last couple of times? Obviously, a bit of a different energy. I know you're probably blocking out the noise because you got a, a job to do, but... Definitely a different energy, was it not? Especially fighting one of Houston's own. Well, I didn't really know how I was going to feel about it. Um, I was wondering if I was going to be, like, nervous. And, like, I, I, my coach, before I walked out, looks at me and goes, listen, this is your walk to the cage. Soak it in, look around. And, and I, I really did, and I loved it. it was <laughs> mad. The, the crowd wasn't as full as I would like it to be but we were we, we still had a decent amount of people for the early uh prelims uh you know and the crowd was loud enough to to feel the 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 uh screams for mono before we started i could like feel it like vibrating off me i was like i was like i know they're not cheering for me but this is dope it, it was pretty cool so I, I i obviously i heard it on the broadcast and, and i had known that you started training at Sanford MMA, you you're in South Florida and getting some work down there. I know ATC sunrise is a place you've trained at a few times. When did you start? When did you make the move down there? When did that happen? So I moved down to South Florida, um, towards the end of, uh, my wife's, uh, first pregnancy with our firstborn daughter. She's, uh, originally from Guyana, South America. So the only family she had, uh, in the United States was New York and South Florida. So South Florida is where we moved and it happened to be like in Deerfield beach, which, you know, you got, you got all kinds of gyms down here. So, um, I got the contender series call and since the pandemic was going on, I didn't have anywhere to train actually. So that was a tough, uh, training camp for that fight. But, uh, I ended up going to Sanford about, I fought in September of the contender series. I went to Sanford like, uh, towards the end of November. So I've been training at Sanford for a little over a year now. All right. Yeah. There's other fight. I know Randy Costa for a while was, uh, did the same thing. He moved to Florida from Massachusetts because he was having, he couldn't get, find a gym to train in because everything was closed because of the pandemic in Florida. There's no COVID in Florida. Great. It's open, no masks. Uh, you know, everything about this place is, uh, pretty solid right now. <laughs> how much, how much trouble were you in, in that third round when you, when you landed that shot, you seemed to recover quickly. It was just a, it, you were like a ninja because you get dropped, but immediately you strung it into a grappling exchange to thwart off any additional damage. I was just like, wow, how did he do that in one fell swoop? But you did it. What was going through your mind when, when, when he landed that shot? So, uh, during the camp towards more towards the end of camp, we had like a couple of sequences that we, we drilled, like, uh, obviously it's hard to drill it and know that you're actually going to do it. But we had a couple of sequences to, to, that we drilled like in the chances of me getting dropped. So like, if he would have like got into my guard, I would have done like, uh, I would have probably tried to go into K guard so I could hide my head and do like a leg lock entanglement so I could get my head underneath him and I'm not taking any more damage. The other sequences were uh, to get the single legs, get my elbow high uh, so I can, like, guard my head and recover. Uh, I tried to get to the single. He 
backed up and kept swinging. So I was able to, you know, hit the cross side double. And then, um, I wasn't really thinking I was, I was pretty rocked. Uh, that's the most rocked I've ever been in my career. Were you surprised? I mean, he's man is such a dog anyways, but were you surprised at how tough he was? Cause you, I mean, you drilled him with some big shots and floored him a couple of times and it felt like the fight was, was getting close and he just kept surviving. Were you surprised that he was able to, 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 to outlast it and, and go the distance? At the time, I wasn't surprised. Now I'm like, damn. But at the same time, I, I think I'm pretty sure he's Hawaiian, right? Yeah, he's a monster. He, he's the second Hawaiian I fought in the UFC out of both my fights. So both of those guys were pretty tough. I couldn't hit autopilot in a sense. So when I heard him, I was like worried about like if I didn't finish him, like gassing out because I was getting tired during like my warm up. Like like my body was physically like. You know, you just know when, like, you're getting more tired than you should. Like, during the warm-up and during my shakeout, before the fight, I was, like, getting a little little worn out and tired. My arms felt a little heavy. So, I was, like, trying to finish them without, like, if I don't finish them, I'll be like, oh, man, I don't have much left. Yeah, and you talked about it. You've been dealing with some different things in the builds to these last two scheduled fights. We know what happened the last time before you could even step on the scale. And then this one in particular, you said you were dealing with staph infections on the build. You, you, the the, the yeah. hydration process is a little tough. The diarrhea. Do you take solace at least knowing that you go in there, you get a win against a tough guy, but you weren't your best self that maybe you're winning without showing your best yet. You know what I mean? You know what I mean by that? Cause there, is there, there's no, I know there's not a ton of moral victories in MMA, but do you take some solace knowing that you're winning these fights without being able to, to, to be at your very best? Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm honestly at the end of the day, just like, I mean, that's a good way to look at it. But I'm just happy. I got the W because like at the end of this, at the end of the day in this game, it's all about the W's. Um, you know, even if you have a great fight, if I have four great fights and I get fight of the night every time, but I lost every one of them, probably a good chance you're going to get cut. So, uh, maybe. you know, yeah, may maybe. Like, that. that's a stretch. But, you know, you get what I'm saying. Like, it's all about the W's. Yeah. So I'm just uh, super happy I was able to go out there, win, get my show and win money for my family and uh, get on to the next one. Have you been like, have you been able to pinpoint the issue specifically with, with everything with, with, with the cuts and the rehydration process and such? Like, is this something that can be easily fixed in your mind? I think the rehydration process can be fixed pretty easily. There's a, there's a couple scenarios, uh, the diarrhea, um, we think we accidentally, uh, just added too much salt to my last drink. Uh, it was just a measurement issue. And then it caused my body to try to like get rid of the salt cause it was too much after right after a weight cut and then uh the ufc gives out like probiotics and i think the probiotic caused me to like uh have trouble keeping like food down caused me to get a little nauseous got like a kind of like an allergic reaction then the other scenario could be one of the restaurants maybe i had like a slow but like i was already having diarrhea before i ate any solids so you know it's got to be one of those, but the, the, the diarrhea was definitely from like the, the accidental mess up of the salt. And then I think the uh, probiotic made it to where like, I felt nauseous and couldn't eat much carbs before the fight. Did at any point before you walked out, did you start to feel any better at all? Well, it, the, the diarrhea stopped. Like I woke up that morning and like, it was still there, but it was like, I wasn't, it wasn't like an uncontrollable amount. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, Oh man, I don't know if I can fight. I kept, I kept, I kept when I was warming up in the back, getting the sensation that I was going to poop. And I, I went to the bathroom and 
sit down and I would fart or it really happen. Like it was just like a, a, a like I had the feeling of using the restroom, but, the, but I, I, you know, I was like, listen, if I shit my pants out there, it is what it is. I was like, nothing much is going to come out at this point. Cause I'm not using the bathroom on the toilet. I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, listen, we got to get it done. I got a few layers on. Yeah. You, you said after the fight that you don't want to take too much time off. I know you want to sort of figure this all out, but you don't want to spend too much time on the sidelines. If you had your druthers, when do you want to get back in there and do it again? Do you have a sort of a time frame laid out for yourself? Uh, I would hope between like June and August would be pretty awesome. Uh, I'm going to go uh, see a skin disease specialist and see if uh, why I've had staff in like this specific spot this last few times because, you know, I tried shaving my beard off and then like that didn't work. Uh, I'm just going to try to see if I can figure that one. Cause that's really the only issue I'm having right now is uh, I get an ingrown hair in my beard. And then uh, at this point, when I get one, one, one pops up, I just don't go to practice. I just go ride the bike at the gym and like watch practice. And I hate that. Cause I want to, you know, I want to be on the mat. So you're, if I can that out, then I don't really have any reason at all. Uh, I should be ready to go. So the staph infections are on your face. Yeah. I got a few like bald patches in my beard. Um, I don't know if you can see them, but I got yeah, a few. I can see them. Um, it's happened like three times in like the, the last like, like year. And, uh, the last, like before my last fight, I had, it, it was, uh, it, it infected ingrown hair, but it showed up like a week before the fight. And I was just like, you know, I didn't know much about staff at the time. Uh, it was, but it was, I had it like a few, I got like right at the beginning of the camp before the last, before my weight cut went bad on the last one. And, uh, so I didn't know, I've never really had staff my whole career, so I don't know much about it. So, you know, I went into fight week and then obviously everything happened and I didn't make weight. Well, I made weight, but didn't make weight. went to the hospital. So I would, I'd like to figure that out because I've never had a problem with staff and yeah, I'm getting it only on my face or the, or my chin or whatever you want to call it. What does it feel and like? So, is it like, is it super, I know it's, it's, it weighs you down a little bit and, and affects you a little bit, but what does it feel like? Is it, does it hurt? Is it staying? Is it super annoying? Well, at this point, I like, I don't know when I get angry on hair and it gets like kind of uh bothered, I can't tell if it's going to turn into staff at this point or if it's just like sensitive because it's an ingrown hair. So, you know, all and all of a sudden, like it's staff because it, you know, it, it usually what happens is it like gets all pussy and then like it'll spread throughout my face. Like another one will pop up and another one will pop up. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Ah, uh, the life of a fighter, right? Life of a fighter. Yeah. It's a problem to have like it's such a stupid reason to to not be able to take fights or train like because of my face is dirty like what, what sounds is- <laughs> when you put it like that it's very strange like i see my i scrub it i exfoliate it i like why i try to like be extra careful and I, and it still happened i was like i don't know what to do anymore that's crazy i know after the fight, you said you, 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 you got hit and you didn't want to talk about who you might want to fight next. You wanted to sort of 
take some time and figure that out. But does anybody stand out now? I mean, this division is ridiculously wild. There's so many fun options for you and so many fights that would be super fun for the fans. Is there anything that, that makes sense to you? Uh, I think my manager had a few ideas. I haven't ran through the names yet. Um, but honestly, I just, I personally don't care. Um, you know, that I get a name, I'm just going to say yes, but I'm sure my management, and my coaches have a certain route they would like to go. Um, as of right now, I don't, I don't have a name set in my brain. You want to try to get like two more in this year, one more in, or just w- whatever you can do at this point. Is there a, a set, sort of a goal? But two would be freaking awesome. There you go. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a, it, listen, it was a hell of a performance, especially hearing everything that you've had to deal with heading into this fight. But uh, I think a lot of people are very excited about your future. As you climb the ranks, you make me look like a genius in all these preview shows when I talk about how much of a freaking animal you are in there. So, uh, so kudos to you. Congratulations on the performance. And uh, thank you for the time, man. Hopefully we see you back in there soon and in uh, 100% healthy. Definitely. I appreciate it. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.